Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with Dr. Matthew Hefner of Willis-Knighton Precision Neurosurgery. We'll be talking about common neck and back issues and treatments and we'll be taking your calls throughout the show. As a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned all the way down before making your call and the number is 318-219-4569. You'll see it at the bottom of your screen throughout the show a little bit. So be sure to call us to get answers to your questions about neck and back issues by speaking directly on the air with Dr. Hefner. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Oh, sure. Very excited to talk to you about this um, because even though we're talking about common neck and back issues, uh, they're actually more common than we think for a neurosurgeon. Is that correct? That's correct. <laughs> yeah. A lot of times people are surprised when I talk to them about what I do. They assume that it's all brain surgery and that's a part of it, but really most of what we do is back and neck issues. More yeah, I wouldn't have thought that. Yeah. It really is interesting yeah. to find that out. And so, um, and we're going to find a lot of mm -hmm. back and neck issues that come up. So one of the things I love that you're here to talk about is kind of clear that up. When we should worry, mm -hmm. when is something really to call our doctor about, and, and don't be afraid. And, and, and when is it going too long for something we might ignore? Do you find that too? Yeah, I find both ends of the spectrum. Mm -hmm. um, what I generally tell, you know, I, I've seen people before that say they just sprained their back last week. And that's you know one issue that is usually self-resolving in a few days. Most of what I see though are people who have been dealing with back and neck issues for a long time, and usually you know most of the primary care doctors are very good uh, about knowing when's it time to refer to somebody. If there's ever a question, I always tell people just come see me. I'm more than happy to evaluate you. Things to look out for are weakness. Um, you know, everybody's got pain that comes to see me, but if it starts to affect your function, you can't use your arms or legs well, losing control of blood or bowel, those are all very concerning things that definitely prompt to seeing a specialist. And that's really interesting because I have read and I've, I've talked to people too that um, a lower back issue would go so far that they would have bladder and bowel. And so what is the cause of that? What's the correlation? So nerves that come out of your back and sometimes your neck can innervate the bladder and the bowel. And so when those nerves get affected to that degree, it can affect function and your most commonly bladder, you know, you may have trouble fully emptying your bladder or you may have trouble controlling your bladder. That's a very late and end stage issue. Um, typically by that point, patients are already having quite a bit of debility and weakness. Is there anything else besides pain that we could look for? I mean, besides these symptoms also, so we see all mm -hmm. this, but also um, is there anything that um, we see a weakness or anything in the in the body that might visibly be showing us when we get off kilter? What are yeah, things we can look for? A lot for? of times some patients with scoliosis or what we refer to as spinal deformities where people their spinal column, instead of having the appropriate amount of curvature in different areas, maybe they start to curve the opposite direction. And so they can be off kilter, what you commonly call sway back, or you see people hunched over. That's an obvious deformity. And other times it can affect um, people's walking, their balance. Sometimes if you have severe compression in your neck, you won't be able to walk properly and you'll be very off balance when you walk. So those are, that combined with weakness, numbness, tingling in arms and legs are, are symptoms that we see a lot outside of just pain. Okay, yes, and you talk about persistence. So when it's numbness or tingling, is it a, like a constant or when you sit a certain way or does it come and go? It could be either one. Either one? I see both. A lot of times people will say that it's maybe not so bad until I go to get up and walk and then I feel that numbness and tingling running down my leg or when I start to use my arms and hands to grab things or write, then I feel the tingling come on. 
And sometimes he could be there all the time. All the time. Wow, it's amazing what we'll put up with, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, and do you think a lot of that is maybe fear of surgery, fear of what they'll find out? Or I is think it just, so. Yeah, I have a lot stop. of patients. You know, it's obvious when they come to me, they seem really nervous and, and uh, you know, really try to put them at ease. And a lot of times when a visit is over with and we make a plan, and if it, you know, if it doesn't need surgery and doesn't involve surgery, there's almost a sigh of relief. They're like, wow, I thought when I was getting referred to a neurosurgeon, you know, it was definitely, I was going to be told I have to have surgery. And I'll tell them, usually that's not the case. Sometimes it is, but a lot of times not. Yeah, I really love that. We talked about that, especially it probably is scary to be saying, I've got to go see a neurosurgeon because yeah. we do think brain surgery, think very serious surgery that could mm -hmm. be debilitating. Am I going to be worse than I was? And it's so not true, all of these things, especially talking to you already, just um, our brief conversations during the break. Mm -hmm. So, so interesting. And, and I love that you said that, in, and I find that a lot when we talk to surgeons here, that the primary thing is not to do surgery. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to do surgery. Yeah. So what are some of the other treatments for neck and back? The most common thing, say if somebody comes to me for neck and back pain, simple medications, you know, over-the-counter things can work well oh. even if you've been told before that you can safely take anti-inflammatories, things like ibuprofen, Advil, maybe prescription strength versions of those, muscle relaxants, often do the trick. And I'm a big fan of getting people involved early on with physical therapy. Physical therapy does a lot to strengthen the muscles in the neck and in the back. And while it may not directly heal a lot of the issues, it can help with a lot of the pain and debility. Okay. And do you send people to, um, are there physical therapists that are primarily going to focus in on neck and back or just generally physical therapists will just know whatever the problem is? Most physical therapists know what the issue is and we can send to, I usually advise people we get them in wherever is close to them because sometimes you're going a few times a week so it's important to go somewhere convenient. So, so smart Dr. Hefner, mm -hmm. make it easy for them. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so if, if we do need surgery, what are the different types of surgery they might do? Is it different from, do you want to start with the neck or the back or is it all pretty much the same? Some similarities, a lot mm -hmm. of it just depends. So. Um, it can range anywhere from a simple, what I call decompression, where we just do uh, go in and remove a piece of a disc herniation, or sometimes it needs a, a complex spinal fusion. It really just depends. My overall principle and concept with patient care is to try to do the least amount possible, the least invasive thing I can to really give the patient improvement. Okay, that's good to know right there too. Mm -hmm. so you're already just fitting all of ease so much yeah. with this. Uh, we have a caller for you. Great. Hi, Karen. Uh, thank you for calling. What's your question? Well, um, let me put it this way. I started off with just having uh, L5 problems and um, went for the shot to begin with because I didn't want to have surgery during the summer because I thought I'd be in a brace. And I've got a medical background, okay? Um, so I know about braces and, and PT and all that kind of stuff. Okay. So anyway... Um, this one surgery led to five with that doctor, and then I was told that I was a bad penny and he wouldn't touch me. So went to another doctor, which ended up having surgery, and I was infected with enterococcus and was paralyzed from my waist down. Then I went to a wonderful, wonderful rehab center and was there for four months doing rehab and then back to, went to LSU Allied Health, which is an absolutely wonderful place, by the way. And anyway, guess what I still have? I still have L5 nerve pain. Yanni recommendations? 
Well, you've certainly been through a lot, and uh, congratulations on getting through that. When you've had that much of a complicated course after surgery, it really does make things a lot more challenging. At the end of the day, it you know, if you have not had any updated imaging since your surgery, that would be certainly one of the first things I would want to do is to get you know an updated MRI, perhaps CAT scan, X-rays, and really see what's going on. And you know, a lot of times it just I tell people they they really hate to hear the what we call the the T word, but it just takes time. And you know, sometimes that just needs to be a few weeks, a few months, or up to a few years. But there are some options for persistent pain. But um, you know, I'd be more than happy to sit down with you and go through some imaging and kind of discuss your different options. Okay, I I'm really metal now from my shoulders to my butt. Okay, mm -hmm. I um, think <laughs> so. so. Karen, we kind of lost you a little bit just then. What did you say? We oh. Okay, um, I said I'm metal from my shoulders to my butt. Okay. So I do go to the gym every day, and I do what I can do uh, there without doing any complications where I would fall and hurt anything, which I did one time. I did surgery from that. Another story. Okay. So um, I am on Neurotin. I take a lot of Neurotin every day, and um, I just I, I just didn't know if there was anything new that they could do. Not I can't do shots because they can't get it in there. And um, I, I just didn't know if there was anything new with ultrasound, maybe, or um, something that could get that nerve to where it would quit hurting me. It's constantly, I mean, I live on Icy Hot down my leg. Yeah, there are Can some technology it? out there. You know, it's not necessarily. <laughs> Sorry, what's that? I said I didn't know if I was making sense or not. I think I understand what you're saying. And, you know, there are some um, uh, some solutions out there for situations like that, like stimulation, nerve stimulation. And with your history of infection, though, that, to be honest, would make me a little worried about putting any more type of implants in you. But, again, you know, I'm happy to see you. We can get some more imaging and certainly go from there and s discuss that. Karen, do you have a pen okay. and piece of paper? Do you want to write down Dr. Hefner's phone number? Um, okay, hang on. Um, and I need his name also. Dr. Matthew Hefner. Okay. And uh, phone number is? 318-212-7280. 7280. And are you located at LSU? I'm located uh, at Willis-Knighton. I'm on the Bossier campus. Oh, okay. So you're at... You're at the, uh, oh, you're over here in Bossier? Oh, good. Okay. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, That's I'm at Willis Knight in Bossier. Oh, okay. okay. I, I guess I made a mistake. I thought you were at LSU. I'm sorry. I apologize. No That's problem. okay. That's no okay. problem. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dr. Hepner. Yes, very thank much you for, for calling. Thank you so much for your call, Karen. That's a lot. Yeah. Is that typical? Will someone go through those that yeah. many surgeries? I've, I have a lot of patients that have had quite a complicated history of they've you know been through a lot of stuff, and so those cases are always very complicated, almost impossible to say you know without really going through a lot of studying and tests. But yeah, work through them all. Yeah, and like you said, time is probably the only thing, and it no takes one wants a lot to of time. hear yeah, that. Nobody when, wants to hear it because it's it's painful and debilitating. Right. All right, yeah. we have another call for you, Larry. Thank you for calling. What's your question? Hello, Doctor. Uh, 
just about three months ago, I had a cervical laminectomy with fusion. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, much of the soreness is gone, but I'm still feeling some soreness. But my issue is my neck, I'm always looking down now, and I want to know, uh, is would physical therapy help strengthen my muscles where my head would be held up better? Because right now, you know, I, I, if I don't, if I'm not consciously holding my head up, I'm always looking down at the floor. So you are able to look up. It just takes a lot of conscious effort. Yes. Okay. And was that something you noticed right after surgery, or something that came on a little bit after? A, a little bit after. Okay. That's something that sounds like just deconditioning and weakness in the muscles in the back of the neck, and that is something that physical therapy works great for. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You have a lot of muscles that attach, you know, from the top of the shoulder blades up into the neck. And after you have a cervical fusion, I'm assuming you said they went from behind, from the back of your neck? Right. Yeah. So right. That, I did, they did it post. It was the three to six. Yes, sir. So that, that does disrupt a lot of normal muscle just to get all the work done. And so a lot of times, you know, we end up referring patients to physical therapy afterwards. So I agree that would be a great place to start with. Okay. I just wanted to know because I wanted to just talk to my, I wanted to get some information before I brought that up to the to my doctor. Yeah, I think so that would I just be great to, to get do. It. Yeah. Okay, okay. <laughs> well, I appreciate you taking my call and I'll get with them and try to schedule me some physical therapy. All right, thank you. Good luck to you, Larry. Good to know there's something that can be done. That's yep. really encouraging call right there. Yep. Really interesting. So that's interesting to me, too, that it went through the back. I've always mm-hmm. seen that that surgery goes through the front of the neck. Yes. What's the difference and what's the reason for it? So, the, you know, we, most commonly you'll see neck surgeries from the front or from the back. Um, the reasoning for me depends on where's the issue at. Mm-hmm. So if it is primarily an issue of a disc herniation, uh, that is most easily accessed from the front. Okay. So I try to do everything I can from the front just because it does provide uh, a much better recovery, but sometimes you do have to go from behind. It just okay. depends. Okay. Yeah. All right. We have another caller for you. Hi, Kate. Thanks for calling. What's your question? Hi. Um, I've had some pain down in the very bottom of my lower back for about a year now. Um, sometimes it'll kind of go down into like my bottom or maybe hurt in my hip and the front of my thigh. And I have seen um, my family doctor in urgent care a time or two, and they give me some anti-inflammatory medicines, and, you know, it helps a little bit. But I was, last time I was there, they had mentioned maybe the possibility of it being, um, I think they called it my SI joint. And I was wondering if that's something that sounds like it could be right, and is that something that you see and treat, and what the options are? Possibly. So just to recap, make sure I'm understanding you right. You said the pain starts in your back, goes into sort of the front of the thigh and into the hip and groin? Yeah, sometimes it kind of moves around. It's hard to pinpoint just depending on what I'm doing. Yeah. So different things that can, so three things come to mind with pain like that. One is issues from the back. It could be from there. It could also be a hip issue just in the hip joint itself. And certainly SI joint dysfunction is something that I'm seeing more and more of where it's usually easily overlooked because not a lot of people think about it, not a lot of people look for it. And we actually estimate that about probably 15% of people that come in to see specialists for lower back pain actually have an SI joint issue that goes unrecognized. So that, um, 
is usually something worse with weight bearing. So when you're up and walking or putting pressure down on that side, does that make the pain worse? It does. And like sometimes sitting on that side, you know, will will hurt it and yeah. kind of aggravate it. I would agree with your primary doctor. I think SI joint dysfunction is a, a good probability in your case. And, you know, that's treated just like back issues a lot of times with just anti-inflammatories and physical therapy. And, you know, we can get some imaging, but a lot of times the way that we diagnose that is with a um, with with an injection into the into the joint, give lidocaine. And if that takes care of it, even if it's just for a few days, then that helps make the diagnosis. Okay, awesome. So that's something you do um, that I can make an appointment to get started on that? Absolutely. Yes, ma'am. I'm happy to see you for that. Wonderful. And I see a lot of patients for SI joint dysfunction. We'll get the process started and worked up and go from there. Well, thank you for taking my call, and I look forward to seeing you in the clinic then. Okay, thanks. You too. That's exciting. Lots of hope for these callers. Yeah. You know, and, and I think what I love about Healthline 3 and sitting here talking with you too, a lot of people will call in thinking they've been sitting there thinking there's nothing they can do. Mm -hmm. And especially with back pain or they just think it's just wear and tear or I'm getting old and I can't do it. Yeah. But I love these calls with mm -hmm. every one of them. There's been hope and something you can do and right. um, such positive things that they can they can reach out for. The yeah. physical therapy is really amazing that helps. So yeah, uh, we lot. have Janice on the line okay. for you. Hi Janice, thanks for calling. What's your question? Hi. Hi. Um, I have sciatica and there are times that it flares up and is extreme and I get an injection from my doctor, my family practitioner, and then there are times that even that injection, it may work for a day or so, but I'll take a leave and I'll work through it with that. And I'm trying to see if sciatica is something more serious than what I believe it might be, because the lower part of my back will hurt as well. So what can I do to offset this sciatica when it comes on? So it starts in your back and goes down into the leg? Yes, okay. on the right side. Okay. Does it go into the back of the leg? Yes. Okay. And have you had an MRI before? Yes. Okay. And were you told that you had a pinched nerve or a disc herniation? Yes, I was told that. Okay. So, you know, uh, have you done any physical therapy? Yes, I have. Okay. You know, I think it's appropriate in your case to consider, you know, just a referral for a consultation to sit down because depending on how severe things are, um, you know, the next step up once you've done the therapy, the medications, just some simple time, we generally look at maybe getting you in with pain doctors, not so much for pain pills, but actually to try some injections. And they're going to be different than what you had with your primary doctor. These are injections that they use x-ray guidance to go to the source and it's very long-acting medications and when it works well it can work for months at a time for a lot of people and so even if it does show a disc bulge or a pinched nerve I have a lot of patients we do that on and we're able to avoid surgery that way and if it does you know or if you do that and it doesn't work and it comes down to surgery I do a lot of uh, patients that have the sciatic pain and if it's just an isolated issue we can do a minimally invasive surgery to decompress that a lot of times. Okay, so your contact number is 212-7280. All I would need to do is call and make an appointment. That's it. Yep, and if you happen to have okay. a copy of your MRI on a disc, if you'll bring it with you and I'll be glad to go over it with you. Okay, I sure will. Thank you so much. Thank you. 
There we go. There's another one right there. Yep. <laughs> While we're talking about that, I have a couple of questions about the questions. So first, like the like a bulging disc. Is that because why does that send the pain? Is it pushing on a nerve that will send the pain, or what happens? Yeah. So behind the disc are are sets of nerves, and at each level in your back, like say L2, L3, L4, and so on and so forth, each nerve gives off a different level and that nerve will supply a different part of the body for pain. So when a disc bulges backwards it will put pressure or at least some amount of inflammation into the nerve. That nerve gets inflamed and you get that pain down the arm or the sciatic pain down the leg. And I've heard that certain movements will aggravate it too. Mm -hmm. Like like sitting, once you're sitting it's fine. Lying flat fine. It's the getting up kind of like the the fine moving and bolting the disc and pushing yeah, so them. so the discs sit between bones in yeah. the spinal column and a common analogy we give to patients is it's like a jelly donut. So there's two parts to a disc. There's a hard outer ring and the inside is like jelly and so that will herniate backwards sometimes. Okay. And so it's just gravity. When you go to stand up your weight bears down and that disc will kind of extrude out a little bit more and put more pressure into the nerve. Makes so much sense. Mm -hmm. All right, we have Lila on the phone for okay. you. Thanks for calling. What's your question? Are you there, Lila? Lila, are you there? I don't hear. Okay. All right. So while we're talking about this, let's go back. And so sciatica that we hear people mm -hmm. say that a lot and that because is there a, a nerve called the sciatic nerve is that why it's called sciatica or is that the right term or we just used to so saying that there is a nerve called the sciatic nerve but sciatica is way overused by most people yeah. you know people i think the general thought is if you have any pain shooting down your leg it's <laughs> it's sciatic pain and i use that term a lot with patients just because it's easy for them to kind of understand um, but sciatica what most people mean is just anything that causes compression of a nerve in the back that runs down into the leg. Oh. Usually it is a sciatic nerve, but it can be a whole set of different nerves okay. perhaps. So that's the term for it. It's the pain that's shooting mm -hmm. down. That's, yeah. what, that's what we're it's telling you. When we sciatica have <laughs> or radiculopathy is oh. a common term. Okay. Yeah. All right. So we have Jamie on the line. Hi, Jamie. What is your question? Hi there. Um, I have recently had a function capacity test done for um, disability and in that they said that I had a pseudo tumor that was compressibility on C2 and causing the situation worse so what do I do with that or do I leave it alone just to make sure I heard you right, you said they told you you had a pseudotumor compressing on C2? Um, yes, and they, they use some kind of long drawn out word for compressing. It was uh, caressability. Okay. Do you have headaches? Do you have headaches? Um, this is Jamie. Right. Did you? Does your head hurt often? Do you have headaches? Dr. Hefner wants to know. Um, I, I do have migraines, and I have got radio, radiothopathy from the neck all the way to my ankle on the right-hand side. Okay. Well, 
I'd be interested to see what your MRI report and what your scans actually showed because pseudotumor uh, is usually referring to a condition where pressure is high in the brain. Pseudotumor cerebri or idiopathic intracranial hypertension is the other big word for it. What that means is just pressure builds up in the head for reasons that we don't really understand and it tends to cause severe headaches. Now the C2 part, okay. I'm really not sure without you know looking through your through your records. But again, you know if you want to, um, you know I'm always happy to see you guys if you want to come in and bring your records and we can just at least sit down and sort through it and maybe sort things out a little bit better. Okay, because I've actually had two cervicals and um, I also have a. We lost you there, Jamie. You still there? Yes. Okay. We lost you. We went out. But you had two neck surgeries. Okay. Yeah, two neck surgeries. No, no neck, no neck surgery. I said I also have a seizure condition as well. Okay. Wonderful. Well, um, yes, ma'am. I'd be more than happy to take a look at it, and if you want to come by. Okay. Sounds great. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for calling. Yes, good luck to you and thank you so much. Um, I love our, our viewers who call because there's mm -hmm. always something in there. There's a nugget in there that somebody's listening and right. and it might answer something that they didn't even know they had a question That's about. That's right, yeah. yeah. And always a lot of people that, you know, they experience these things, especially if they're getting a little bit older and they just assume that it's just a part of aging and you have to accept it. And sometimes that's the case, um, mm -hmm. but a lot of times that's not the, the case either. Yeah, and it's so nice to ask. Yeah, just you may ask. Not be yeah. that at all. And again, it goes back to when you first mentioned people being afraid to come see mm -hmm. me. I think a lot of patients are just, they just almost don't want to know. Yeah. Because then they feel like then they're going to be told they have to have surgery, we have to do this and that. But, True. Yeah. yeah. And it's always your choice. Yeah. Even if you're someone so you should, you need to have the surgery, it's still it's your choice. It's always up to the patients yeah. what I tell people. You are the one who drives the ship. I'm just here just to kind of give you your best options yeah. and do what you want to do. Good to know. Yeah. We have Nancy on the line for okay. you. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for calling. What's your question? Yes, uh, I had a, a stroke, a light stroke in a sleep last year, and uh, and uh, the doctor said that it comes from uh, my neck, and it's uh, my neck blood when it's going through my brain, and that's why I had a stroke, a light stroke, and I had to go out and make it table, but is this the first thing is, uh, is like I took a pill or something to dissolve it, or do I really need this surgery? I did a cat scan on my whole body, head down. Those are the signs I did as a you were told that you had what in your neck that caused the stroke? Oh, uh, he said my veins didn't run in the brain. The veins in the neck didn't run, uh, blood vein didn't run to the brain. It was uh, not getting enough uh, blood in my brain, and that's what caused me to have a stroke, a life stroke in the sleep. Okay, so I'm, what I'm thinking maybe they were referring it's to is. It's in the neck, though. It's in the neck. He said, in the neck. in the neck. Commonly when people have many strokes or strokes, so common source can be if the arteries in the neck get clogged up with you know, plaque buildup over time. And um, if those plaques break loose, then it will travel up into the arteries in the brain and clog it off and cause a stroke. So I'm assuming that's probably what they meant. The way to, you know, I'm not a stroke specialist. Uh, that normally is treated by a neurologist or your primary, but you know, we see a lot of stroke patients with after effects. And, uh, stroke prevention is all about lifestyle so you know if you're a smoker you know cut back on smoking stop 
exercise, diet, and there are certain medications as well that can help prevent the risk of future strokes. So. Yeah, they do have like we had me on blood thinner, and every day. And now, since I, if I had my stroke, I just take a, I just take a, I ask me a day. You know, I'm not on no other sick medication, just vitamin and asking a day. Yes, ma'am. I have something going with my blouse, so I got to take blouse, you know, blouse style of pill. That's something on my own for right now. Yeah. But I was okay. trying to use another option. I can take something that's okay. seeing it out, you know. Yeah, well, make sure you follow up with your primary doctor about that. Oh, okay, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, good luck to you. Thank you so much for calling. So we have just a little, just a little bit. We didn't really get to compression fracture, fracture fractures, um, all other kinds of treatments that mm -hmm. are so available. Thank you so much, all our callers. We had such wonderful callers today. It was so nice to yeah. find out all this and so hopeful yeah. about everything that you were able to tell them. Looks like physical therapy is really something to really consider. Mm -hmm. Is there any one last thing? We have just a few seconds. Any one last thing you'd like to leave people with today? Um, no, the only thing I want to just say is that, you know, again, like I talked about earlier, if you're ever concerned, you know, it never hurts to get an opinion from a specialist. Um, you can always ask your doctor with my office. You can always call and make a referral and we'll always give you the options and honest opinions that, you know, work best for you and and what fits your lifestyle best. Right. And even if it is like we talked about, you think it's just your age or um, your wear and tear, uh, even mm -hmm. though there might always be something that you can do. So call and find out. Yeah, there's almost always something we can do. Mm -hmm. And so someone calling you, they don't need a referral to call you. Like no. our viewers today can call that number that you gave out. Anyone can call you and make an appointment just to that's check right. and see what's going on. Absolutely. And persistence. If you have something, a pain or numbness that's persistent, that's when that's they should right. give you a call for if sure. If it's not going away with simple measures or a little bit of time, give us a call. Yeah. All right. All right. Thank you so much. It's been a wonderful yeah. show. Thank you. And thank you for watching Healthline 3. We'll see you next time. Have a good afternoon.